0: Welcome to another episode of Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life. I'm your host, Joyce Wheeler, and I want you to go ahead and stop by heavenlybodieswellness.com. I have a lot of holistic products there for you. I also have services on majesticchair.com, so you can go over there as well. And today, my guest is Jada Jones. And Jada is a professional tarot reader and Reiki master teacher. She is originally from Ohio in the United States and is currently living in Albania. She first discovered Reiki in Okinawa, Japan, where she studied for years to become a Reiki master. She also dabbles in astrology, past life regression, and all areas of spiritual healing. And in, in her free time, you most, will most likely find Jada eating, reading, listening to music which are her three passions. Welcome to the show Jada.
1: Thank you so much for having me on Joyce. I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> so I love the fact that you're like including so many modalities into your in, into work. So tell me how did you get started doing this?
1: So um, I actually was originally gifted a tarot deck when I was about, I don't know, 12 or 13 um, by an aunt of mine. So many, many years ago. And um, I actually was self-taught. So I never took a class and um, just I I learned how to read the cards intuitively. Book and all that good stuff. um, And, you know, became pretty started reading professionally of course, years later, I was living in Okinawa, Japan, and um, I met this woman who got a tarot reading from me, and she asked, have you ever considered Reiki? And I had never even had a Reiki healing session before at this point, which was kind of odd because I was into spiritual stuff. So I said, no, I'm really interested. And she was doing the one-on-one um, you know, training classes, certifications. I thought it, it sounded like the best place to, to do this because I was in Japan, which is right. sort of of Reiki. And uh, so I started the class and my teacher, master at the time, she said, most people take level one <laughs> and they just kind of stop, right? And then, but I was so interested in it that I went through level two and then finally level three and got my master certification. So, so what brought you to Okinawa? So I was in the US military. Uh, and so that's kind of how I ended up there. And I'm a librarian by training, which ironically, ooh, sorry. <laughs> you will see him a lot in this. <laughs>
0: in this I love that.
1: <laughs> so um, I, you know, started doing like tarot classes at the library where I worked on the military base. So, you know, cool. That way. Um, and then spent a couple years in Germany after that doing kind of the same thing. And now I'm here.
0: So for our listening audience who might not know what Reiki is, could you give us a little background about what Reiki is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Reiki is, um, it, it's known as like palm healing or hands-on healing. And basically what it does is uh, the the uh, practitioner uses their own kind of body as a vessel to manipulate the energies, which in turn can heal the person that they're working on, the patient. So um, this can be anything from emotional healing, physical healing, clearing out some things, balancing chakras, uh, all that kind of stuff. So um, it's one of those things I feel like that you have to do it to believe it. And this is whenever I have students, I always will say this because there, there isn't really a way to explain it, right? I do Reiki and most of the time I don't even touch the person. So I'm, you know, this far away from them and it still works and you can do it distance of course. I can send Reiki to someone in a completely different country and it still works. So, um,
0: this. But, but Reiki has always interested me. Like you, I've at the when, before you started, I've never had a Reiki healing experience mm-hmm. at all. So, uh, you know, and I find it very interesting that we can pass energy through the, you know, the universe to the air or, mm-hmm. you know, and connect with people long distance
1: mm-hmm. and help
0: them without even having to be there. So why do you think that that, it, that is?
1: Um, I believe that there's a source energy, right? And I think depending on your belief system, you can think of that in any a number of ways. Uh, The Japanese, as far as the original tradition of Yushui Reiki, uh, believe that the source energy is actually in the center of the earth and it happens to be right in Japan um, where the source energy comes from. So the idea is that the initial uh, first Reiki practitioner was there in Japan standing on that spot and was able to absorb that energy from the earth. And then I like to think of it kind of like um, vampires. You know, you have whoever bites you and turns you into a vampire is your master. But this is how, and I love telling this whenever I have students because they laugh, but it really is true. You can only be trained by a master the other way. Um, And it it goes obviously down the line. So theoretically, we are all directly connected to the original Reiki master.
0: Right. So our connection is a little sketch. I'm noticing you're kind of. It, it could be Sorry, either I'm one bad. of us. It could be you. Could be me. I don't. I don't know. I've had issues back here before, but I don't. add it. It is what it is. You know, we're real people. We're real, real situations. Using real technology that screws up. You know. So, this is life. Welcome to it. So, with the with the energy, can anybody do this? And also, can somebody? learn Reiki by not being present with with the uh, person. So with the energy and doing Reiki, if you wanted to say, I want to become a Reiki practitioner. Do I see that there's online courses? but I know of other people who do Reiki and they say that you actually need to be in the presence of a Reiki master. What are your thoughts on that?
1: The classes virtually, and I, it's no problem. The part where it gets a little tricky because at the end of each one of the levels, the master has to give you an attunement and it's it can be done you know, virtually over camera, but I kind of would have to tell you, okay, turn around because I need to do something behind you and then turn back around and then sit down. So. It comes with a little bit of extra instruction and work, but it works just fine.
0: Okay, because I've been told, like I said, I was told by other Reiki practitioners that, no, you can't do this online, you have to be, but you think that it works either way?
1: Yeah, and I I have um, certified several different uh, Reiki practitioners, and I think it's been fine. I think it is ideal to be in person, but not necessary. So in your
0: experience, have you ever had a client that was apprehensive about this modality? Tell me me about some of the experiences you've had.
1: So I love this question. And actually, my favorite clients are those who are skeptical or either completely don't believe in this kind of stuff because – the response that they have after the session is always like, wow, I really, really didn't expect that. So, uh, I have a client that comes to mind who had, was having some really bad back pain and he didn't know why. And he had gone to, you know, gone to the chiropractor and he'd gone to the doctor. There wasn't really much wrong. They just said, you know, maybe you're straining too much. So he had gotten to the point where he tried everything. So he thought, sure, I'll give it a try. I don't believe any of this. I don't believe it's going to help, but at least I'll lay on the table for an hour. Right. (laughs) So afterward, he kind of got up and was like, well, I don't know. I didn't really feel anything. I'm sure it was nothing. And then the next day he calls me, oh, wow, I really, I woke up with no pain and I can't believe this. And when's the next time you can do this? This is amazing. And, you know, so I love those kind of results, especially when the client does not expect it and even better if they don't believe it. <laughs> so. so with
0: his back pain, how many sessions, sessions did he need before he didn't need to come to you anymore?
1: Or is so this like an ongoing thing? So it probably should have been an ongoing thing. He, we did three sessions and he felt better and it wasn't hurting anymore. So he didn't come back to me anymore after that. I don't know at that point if it was you know, permanently improved or not. I imagine if it started hurting again, he'd probably call me back for another appointment. But some things, especially if it's you know, a long-term health issue or uh, particularly a long emotional issue or childhood pain and things like that will take multiple sessions but you do get to the point where it's just maintenance and maybe you just need, you know, six months later, you're, oh, I really need some Reiki. And then you can, you know, go in. I, I don't feel like it's something that you would need to do once a week or once a month forever.
0: So one, one of the big things that's in the holistic uh, world right now is trauma healing. Mm Healing from trauma. Can you talk on that a bit and about how Reiki can help people maybe give some examples of some of the people you've helped?
1: Yeah, absolutely. These are the clients that I tend to work with the most uh, because emotional healing or trauma healing are things that you can't go to the doctor and get, you know, a prescription for or something. Well, I guess technically you could, but um, you know, not one that's going to be really long lasting or particularly helpful. So Uh, I really love this because uh, what I do, as you mentioned, I'm a professional tarot reader as well. So I like to combine tarot reading and Reiki. So the client comes in and we have about a 15 minute consultation. I do a seven card tarot reading and each card represents one of their chakras. And so I'm able to, through the cards, assess where their chakras are at before even going into the Reiki session. And so I usually will tell clients, don't tell me too much of anything that happened don't tell me what's going on. Let me just look at your chakras because the, that those centers in the body are where the trauma is being held.
0: And so oh, we want to, release
1: yes, definitely. Uh, oh, and I lost, yes, and I, I didn't know this either. And I, but I learned it so much that you can physically pinpoint the location where the trauma is being held and then pull it out and, you know, remove it. So once I do that chakra reading, I'll usually go a rundown with the client of what I found and they're like, yes, that's, that's exactly kind of what I'm dealing with. So I might say, okay, well, you're having some, if your third eye chakra is blocked, you may be experiencing this um, inability to kind of connect with spirit when maybe previously you were really good at that and inability to hear your intuition and that kind of stuff and say, wow, yeah, that's, that's true. And a lot of times the trauma is being held in an unexpected location. So, you know, if you had sexual trauma, for example, you would expect that to be maybe in the sacral chakra and, but sometimes it'll be in the cranial, you know, the third eye or um, throat chakra, wherever. So it just, you never know where the trauma is going to be held. And that's why I love doing the tarot. But um, the really interesting thing to me about using Reiki for trauma healing is the side effects that people generally have after this. And I always will say in the consultation, you, you can definitely have some side effects the next day, uh, severe headaches. Things like that. Or if I'm working heavily on the throat chakra, sore throat, or you lose your voice and things like that. And I like to say, well, that's how you know it's working. (laughs) So uh, clients will always tell me, yeah, you know, I had the worst headache. It was awful. But then once it cleared up, I felt so much better. And I really, this is my favorite part of the practice, because to me, this is the most impactful thing that I do, the most helpful Of course, you know, I'm not a doctor. So if I help your physical ailments, then great. But for me, it's the emotional and trauma healing that I really, really love. Yeah. And that's
0: really important too, because there's sometimes, and I've talked about to other people about the uh, trauma and how it stores in our body and how, you know, no matter what we do and how much we feel like we've dealt with this trauma we may still have underlying issues. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody say that it was attached to the chakra. So I find it very interesting. I do know that there's chakras when not tended to can cause like, like with my hand, I immediately went to look at the chakras mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, it could be the root or it could be the, the heart. You know, which one is it? Mm-hmm. And deal with that. I, I think it's very unique that you combined the tarot with the chakras, with Reiki, how did you come up with that? Was that just intuition?
1: Yeah, so it seemed really natural to me. Once I started doing the Reiki, they seemed to go perfectly hand in hand and together. And I really, I can't imagine doing, you know, doing them separately and not really combined. Obviously, I do tarot readings without Reiki, but it makes sense to me because i'm able to gain insight into the, the client that i'm about to be working on your healing through the cards and then the really my favorite part about the combining of the tarot and reiki is at the end of the reiki session we will come back and do a post uh you know post post treatment consultation and i'll pull another seven cards to see what improvements we've made in the chakras so uh, to me like i said it just goes hand in hand it would be really strange for me to not combine the two
0: So do you only use the tarot cards when it comes to like people dealing with trauma or emotional issues?
1: Um, No, I do the tarot readings for pretty much any subject that a client wants, but it's generally right. If you're going to get a tarot reading, it's because you have some issue. It's usually not, Hey, everything's great. Let me go have a tarot reading and see (laughs) what's going on. So Um, usually it will lead into, okay, well, I also do Reiki and I strongly suggest that you have that for, for some healing of these wounds. So even if the client is coming just for a tarot reading, I generally find that they will end up having Reiki afterward because, you know, I think that clients at the end of the day, when they're seeking this kind of spiritual help, it's because they want something to improve, right? They want, so if I'm just reading the cards and I tell you, well, this is, (laughs) this is the situation they would like to know, okay, but what can I do to make it better? And to me, the next step would be Reiki.
0: Right. I think you kind of misunderstood my question a little bit. And maybe I worded it wrong for you to understand as you know, we all had different ways of communicating. And my husband and I have a problem with this. And we've been married 16 years <laughs> and we still, because our communication style is different, could be saying something, I'm like, I don't get it. What are you trying to tell me? And he's using words that I understand. Mm-hmm. but It's the way the words are being structured mm-hmm. that I'm just going, I don't get it. So <laughs> the, the question that I, that I want to know is do you use tiro and reiki together just for trauma or like (laughs) emotions or do you use it for like the the man with the back pain would you use tiro before with him to find out what's going on with him
1: so yeah, I understand that, that a great question. Um, when it is a physical pain issue or something strictly physical, not, um, linked to emotion, I do not use the tarot cards. Okay. So that's really interesting though, because now that you mentioned it, I am kind of thinking, well, why not? Because there could be <laughs> an emotional aspect to their physical pain, right? Maybe I'll start doing it just pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially in the case of that client, because he had no idea where the back pain came from. If he didn't injure himself, he wasn't you know, playing sports or anything. So hmm, I, I might add that uh, in the future.
0: Well, especially if somebody like him, doesn't know, or like with me, with my hand being locked up, trying to figure out, okay, what, what exactly happened?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did I strain it holding my tent in the wind or is it something else? You know, like, like I said, before we started the podcast, I have Oracle cards and I had pulled, I used my fury deck and it was telling me to take a break from business. And I did not listen. (laughs) Well, because I had this three day event coming up, and I had to prepare for it. I'm like, I can't take a break right now. So is (laughs) that why I'm dealing with this? Because I needed to take a break from business. Okay. Why do I need a break from business? What is it that I need to be focusing on, you know? Mm -hmm. Questions like that. So, like in my situation, would you be able to help me with that?
1: Yeah. And I think that in a situation like yours, what would potentially come up in the cards would be something about you needing to take a break and rest and recover and stuff like that. I suspect that is what would come up. And and then to me, that would then be easier to kind of work. I wouldn't even necessarily directly deliver the Reiki to your hand. I think in that case, if that is what came up, I would uh, direct it to maybe. Um, kind of like your head here to get you in a better mind space to take the break that you need stuff like that. So um, actually, thank you for that suggestion. I think it's probably a really good idea for the physical pain too.
0: Maybe I need to go ahead and um, shift to what I do to like consulting <laughs> with other. But yeah. that's something I I do seem to be good with is giving other people ideas of how they you know. I remember there was a photographer who wanted to get her work out there, and she was asking about different ways she could do it. And I had it had to do with like um, she was doing. I want to say landscape, but that doesn't sound right because that's like gardening stuff. Had to do with basically. Um, gosh, it like deserts and forests, you know, that that type of thing. And you know, I had said she should consider maybe maybe putting her art up in a in gyms because it seemed like it was very calming, and that way she could be seen. You know, maybe make some coffee cups, make a Mm -hmm. calendar. You know, and she's just like, oh my gosh, I never thought about doing this. <laughs> Maybe I need to change what
1: I do. But you definitely hit it right on the head. So I think that that would be a good <laughs> path for you.
0: Maybe, but you know, I'm really, you know, like you, I'm very much into, into the holistic healing and to, to doing energy work. And I'm kind of going that route. I think energy work is very important because it's yeah. an aspect of our life and our health and every aspect of our life that's very important and something that we're not told about. We're not mm-hmm. told how important it is to keep our natural vibrational frequency, you know, tended to. Because mm-hmm. most people neglect that and that it that can be a reason for for poor health. Also finances. Absolutely, yes, you know, definitely. Um, the reason that you're stuck in your job, or you keep mm-hmm. attracting the same type of man time mm-hmm. after time after time. That's you know? that's a
1: big one, especially with my clients, because uh, you know, over and over, they'll say, "I just don't understand. He's literally the exact same man as the last one, just you know, in a different body." And I think, like, think about that. And I'll say it again, and hear what you're saying. You know, there's there's some patterns. Your energy frequencies others energy frequencies match where yours are so if that's what you're attracting you need to bring those up
0: right and that's again that's something that's important so do you teach well because you work with the chakras so outside of you using the cards and the reiki do you you know go into more detail about the chakras and how people can tend to them
1: Yeah, but it's um, basically what I give is kind of a brief overview. For example, if I find that someone's throat chakra is blocked, I'll say, you know, you may feel like you don't really have a voice to speak up at work or something like that, that people can really recognize, uh, because I I don't want to get too much in the weeds and scare people. But I will bring in aspects of all kinds of different things. You know, astrology is one that I generally bring in. I'll say, well, you know, right now, Mercury's in retrograde. So that explains what's going on. And Um, just kind of brief overviews, not too, not too detailed.
0: So let's talk about your astrology. How did you get into
1: astrology? So I, I originally got into astrology when I wanted to start teaching tarot. And I knew that for me, that there are things in the cards that align with things like numerology and of course, astrology, particularly with like the major arcana cards that are all linked to an astrological sign and the different archetypes in the cards that, you know, talk about the different, the Sagittarius or, you know, a Capricorn energy or something like that. So it was already something that I had in with my readings, just naturally, I would say, okay, well, you know, you got the the chariot card and that is the card of cancer and cancer has these kind of qualities and, and blah, blah, blah. And so I think it was before I even realized that I was doing it. And that was just from my personal knowledge of basic astrology. And so then I thought, well, I should take this deeper, especially if I'm going to teach tarot, because I think there's so much, so many important factors to the card, to each individual card. It just adds additional layers every time. So I would do these workshops at the library and the one was on numerology in the cards, and then the one was on astrology in the cards. And so I just started reading a lot. Um, I watch a lot of podcasts, YouTube videos, um, I'm definitely wouldn't consider myself an a- astrology expert I don't do birth charts and things like that but I think a basic knowledge, especially when dealing with you know things woo-woo things, then um, it's really really useful to know so I just kind of read as much as I can. Cool
0: I love woo. I love woo-woo things <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I, I like to I like the word too it's fun woo-woo. <laughs> makes it sound so much fun fun. i I didn't i didn't know that about the um tarot cards connection to the astrological signs Mm -hmm. which is really weird because a good friend of mine she's into the cards and astrology so it's kind of strange that she never mentioned this to me
1: yeah it is Especially um, there's really big indicators. Like if your sign, if I'm doing your reading and your sign comes up as the signifier card, you know, that tells a lot about what the purpose of the reading is and what we're looking at and things like that. Or if you're asking about, you know, your love life and am I going to meet someone and then a card comes up that signifies, you know, a Libra, then I'll say, well, have you met this Libra? And generally... The, if it's not necessarily somebody with that sign, it's usually somebody with the qualities or characteristics that are known of that sign. So it is really helpful to kind of narrow down what the cards are are saying and and um, just give my intuition a little bit more help.
0: <laughs> I think it's interesting too that you also you're also looking at the numerology aspect of it. Uh,
1: numerology is fascinating to me and has been I think numerology probably was my first woo-woo thing that I was interested in even before tarot cards uh, because I was one of the these people who would see the numbers everywhere you know two 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 one one eleven eleven, 11 you're one of those two yeah and so to me ever even I was a small child I thought there was something to that you don't just accidentally see 11, 11 30 times a day right so um, I started reading things even as an early teen tween uh, from the library and things like that. And so once I started reading the tarot cards, and of course, they all have numbers. And so immediately, right. uh, so when I started to learn more and read into it, and yes, the numbers do correspond to what you would know of the numerology meanings and things like that. So and it has a, a Kabbalistic connection as well, which I'm not really well versed in, but a lot of the things translate like, so a two in tarot has a similar meaning of a two in numerology as well as the two in the Kabbalah. So it's it's all really synchronistic.
0: All interconnected. Yeah. And it's funny too because then they, it, the numerology also goes to the sacred geometry. Yes. Which is which is something that I'm into. But it's like I don't get all the science Scientific stuff, I'm not a scientific type of person. Mm-hmm. So, like some of it is kind of going over my head. Even with the numerology, as much as I want to get into it, because I believe that numbers, my daughter says that numbers are a universal language. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not a math person either, but I, I do have an interest in the numbers. And even with making my jewelry, especially with my bracelets. I tend to do like three beads, the spacer, three mm-hmm. beads, the spacer, you know. So you do, do it automatically
1: to... without even realizing kind of why,
0: yeah. Right, but I did realize it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's just the the pattern, it, the, yes. the, the pattern of it is just attractive to me.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you
0: think about the number three, you know, three blind mice, three wise men,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, three bears, mm-hmm. you know, so... what what is it that, what does
1: three represent? So threes are um, generally about, they have some conflicts and a little bit of of struggle, but they require like collaboration. So it can be a lot of times they'll come up when regards to a work situation, or um, if there is someone else that your partner is dealing with, that's causing issues in your relationship, you know, his mother or something like that. So they, it's, conflict, but not so much in a bad way. It's more of learning from the other person and collaborating in order to grow through whatever the conflict is. It's a really sacred number.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, and sacred geometry, it kind of has a, a different meaning, kind of like the opposite of what you're saying. It's, you know, more of a number of unity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only word that's coming into my head. And, and I, I'm reading and I'm trying to like retain And I'm trying to not not read a lot at one time, Mm -hmm. so that my brain is not going, "Oh, what did I just read?" Because (laughs) I'm not a scientific person, but I I hear I'm interested in these scientific things and and numbers, and Mm -hmm. you know, it's just really weird because that's not who I am by nature. (laughs) So let's let's. I'm not a math person
1: either, so that is funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my husband's a math person. I am a word person because I, I do a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. So it's like when he needs spelling, he comes to me when I need math, I go to him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's great. We compliment each other that way. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I can't do this, but you can, you know, and vice versa. So let's talk about your work with past life regression.
1: So uh, with the past life regression, I had one personally several years ago and it was so amazing and eye-opening because I feel like just in that one hour session, I was able to understand some of the issues that I have in this life. You know, I think we kind of walk around with issues, even some that have carried over that we don't even know where they come from. Right. right? So uh, that was really great and really helped me to be able to heal those things, even though they were from a completely different life. And that's, you know, when you get into Akashic record healing and that kind of stuff, which I am interested in, but definitely not um, an expert in at all. But so I I took a class on the past life regression in order to know how to do it. And it's very similar to medical hypnosis. Uh, You know, if you want to quit smoking and you go see this hypnotist and that it's very, very similar process. It's basically a guided meditation. And so, you know, I guide the client down through as far back as they'll go, ask them kind of key questions to see what do you see when you look around? And then the client will start to recognize the location. And they'll recognize, you know, oh, this was the, for me, there was a kind of a palace. And I think it was uh, that maybe I was some sort of royalty in Egypt, Persia, somewhere in there. And it was many, many years ago, thousands of years ago. And what was really, really interesting to me is that I had the same mother in this life as I did then. And also when I, I walked to the lake and I could look at my reflection and it was the same, I, my hair was different, obviously, but same face. And so uh, the, my teacher at the time who was doing the guided practice, she was saying, well, you've got some issues to heal with this, your mother because if that was just one life all that long ago and you're still incarnating as the same mother-daughter team, you've got some more work to do, which is true. I can say for that, and, you know, from this life definitely, you know, had some issues. So that was what made me really interested in it. And I just, I saw how healing it could really, really be. I don't use the past life regression very much unless a client is really kind of adamant and they're very familiar with it. And they're okay with the potential consequences because it brings up so much things that you didn't even know you had um, things, things that you're still dealing with trauma from, from a completely different life. Which to right. me is fascinating, yeah. but you know, people who have issues with depression and maybe they had a d- decently good life and they don't know why they're struggling with these things. And my, you know, my mm-hmm. parents were great and I had a great childhood. And why am I so upset about it? And it's a lot of times it's because of that past life. So I use that. I use it very carefully because I think that not all clients would be ready for that kind of wound opening. So and
0: it's not just the um, past life. Issues that we deal with, we also deal with our ancestral issues. Yes. Yes. You know, so it's like, wow, we're like bombarded. (laughs) So you're pretty much set up
1: for failure at the beginning. So not only
0: only do we have to deal with the issues I've experienced in this life, but then also carry over the ones from the past life and then the ones from my ancestors. And I Mm. have no idea where it's coming from. Or even, you know, the what the real issue is, mm-hmm. just having no clue. And think about all the people that are walking around who have issues and like he said, have very happy lives, mm-hmm. had a happy childhood. You know, everything in their life is really good, but they're mm-hmm. not happy. Or, you know, they're, they're depressed and they don't know why.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this could be part of the issue, right?
1: Definitely, and I have come across uh, clients who have, for example, abandonment issues and have never been abandoned in this life. And so, generally, you would think you would need to have experienced that in order to be carrying that issue, right? But right. It's like, no, no, you know, no one's ever left, no one's ever died. I don't know where this comes from, and I'm like, I do. <laughs> so.
0: well, that was like with me. Yeah, I've had a fear of drowning, and people are like, oh, well, you probably experienced that. I said, no, I never never ever experienced it Mm -hmm. and they said well maybe it was from something you watched on tv and i said i don't think so i don't think so so i did do a past life regression and it turned out at one point somebody was trying to drown me and it was kind of like oh this is where it comes from Mm you know, because I was, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, why do I have this fear? You know, I was so much in fear of drowning. My first husband and I used to go fishing. I had all my kids go to swim class and learn how to swim because I was afraid they would fall into the water and drown.
1: Mm -hmm. Isn't that, it's funny though, because once you kind of know that that's where it comes from, it's at least easier to pinpoint and maybe heal it in this life. So that's why I really love that the um, akashic record and akashic healing is something I would really love to learn more about and um, get into later because you know my uh, teacher who did this for me she can actually go back into the akashic record and heal any of those wounds both ancestral and yours from your past lives and um, so she did some some healing with the mother daughter relationship with me and my mom so I don't know I guess we have to wait till the next life to see if that worked (laughs) but. it, it was uh, an instant results after she did that. So it would be pretty cool. So what were you
0: experiencing
1: from from
0: that? I mean.
1: it Kind of like the, the feeling of if things were, if there was like an empty <laughs> hole or something that felt missing, it just kind of went away. It really was like a, like a patch. Like she put a patch on all the little tiny holes that were, that are throughout my body. Um, so that's the best way I can describe it. But but it was instant, and that was probably the most instant and noticeable kind of spiritual healing that I've ever done.
0: Wow, wow. Sounds of like tons. Yeah, <laughs> I've never done anything like that. I went. To, I did go to an energy worker at one point because I feel like I have blocks. You know, I'll try to do things, and I you know I have a pendulum I consult. I speak with the universe with my guides and. Set master's. It's like, I'm not just going, oh, hey, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm consulting being, should I do this? And I'm told, yes, I should. But mm-hmm. then it doesn't work out. And I'm going, mm-hmm. why? You know, what blocks have, do I have up that's preventing me from going forward? Mm-hmm. You know? So what's so, interesting so-
1: about those um, what kinds of questions what, that I'll get from clients is, um, my explanation for that usually is either, you know, maybe you do have some sort of a block, but if that's not it, then you were guided to do that because you were supposed to fail at whatever it was or oh, a yeah, I mean, lesson, right? Which is very annoying. <laughs> and I always, yeah. uh, you know, I have conversations with my guides and I'm like, great, thanks again for the lesson. I, you know, I got it. But um, I do find that when we are told no, or when doors are closed, especially when it's something that you feel very strongly that you were guided to actually do, it is because of, of the lesson that was supposed to be taught. And maybe it takes us a while to even figure out what that was, if even we figure it out in this lifetime. So that can be frustrating, I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's like when you're saying that, I'm just like going, you know, I thought about it and it's like, I, I don't think I was supposed to learn a lesson. If I was, I have no clue as to right. what, it, what it was. You mm-hmm. know? Maybe it was just a topic I needed to change. So I have something to ask you. Okay. I'm very intrigued by the name of your website, Healing Crab. Where does that come from? <laughs>
1: So um, I am a cancer and I have uh, always kind of believed that um, cancers are naturally intuitive and naturally healers, right? So when I was trying to think of, and friends and family will joke that I'm always crabby because, you know, we're, we're emotional beings. We, right. we tend yeah. to be moody. These are all true things. I know we get made fun of on social media a lot, but it's true. <laughs> and so well, my daughter, um, my
0: daughter's a cancer,
1: uh, lucky you,
0: <laughs> you know what I am lucky. The- because you know even though cancers are very emotional they're also they're very tentative Mm -hmm. you know she's a very caring very loving person
1: Mm -hmm. you know
0: somebody needs help she'll help them you know so it's just not about the crying one minute laughing the next minute you know (laughs) or just you know or Are blowing a situation totally out of proportion. Yes, you know it's. There's a whole (laughs) lot more cancers than just. Or yeah, I mean, yeah, they 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 are very strong feeling people,
1: Mm -hmm. but I don't
0: think that's a bad thing.
1: You know, I I don't think it is either. But I know a lot of people do. But I also think that that's what gives me the ability to be a healer. And um so what yeah, so I you know think I'm I'm crabby and I like the crab as the cancer symbol and we have this tough outer shell, but it's like soft on the inside. It's all perfect for the cancer. And I thought I didn't want to call it tarot or Reiki or something specific because I knew I, I do all these different things and I'm continually adding to the different right. offerings that I have. So but generally it all falls under healing. So I thought healing crab.
0: <laughs> when is your birthday?
1: July 4th,
0: my daughter's the 14th.
1: Okay. So we're that perfect right in the middle kind of cancerous Yes,
0: <laughs> Yeah. But you know, once again, it's like, you know, that's like me, I'm a Virgo and my daughter's always like, you know, my, everything always doesn't have to be perfect and right. But we we'll go to a restaurant and we're done eating, I'm piling the plates on top of one another, <laughs> cleaning up the table. <laughs> She's always like, mom, you're such a Virgo.
1: <laughs> I really love these things, though, because usually if you ever see, you know, YouTube videos where they're making fun of the different signs. And it's funny because it's true. Right. It, we really do have these qualities, but it's like, you know each sign has such amazing things that as long as they're embracing the you know positive qualities, you can really, really benefit from these things. So, but I have friends who make fun of me a lot, <laughs> but that's I'm the only cancer story. of my, of my friend group. And I think that's because we don't do well together as multiple cancers. So we tend to not, you know, be in a relationship together or a close friendship together as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's really funny because I'll say, I'll be telling us you know, story, and I felt like, and then I feel like this, and I feel like this, and I felt, and my friend said, you just said, I feel like nine times in one story, it's like, what did I do? <laughs> That's how I feel, I don't
0: know. <laughs> but, but um, you know, the interesting thing, though, too, is, like, you had not mentioned, like, a, an astrology with the birth chart, you know, which has effect on us also, as far as I don't know everything about the birth charts, but I do know, like, we we have a a moon, certain mm-hmm. moons, and that that we're born under, which gives specific traits to us, like our, our business ethic, there mm-hmm. are you know, our financial ep- ethic, and the way we 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 do, we do things. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that that plays a big part in it too. I know my daughters. That's my daughter's also very much into astrology. That's like her big thing.
1: Awesome. I, I think um, I'm one of these rare, I think they call them perfect cancers or perfect, whatever your sign is, because I'm a cancer sun, moon and rising, which is extremely rare and also makes me very cancer. (laughs) So yes, (laughs) I was telling a friend, I I'm actually incapable of making a decision with thinking incapable. It's not possible for me. I only feel, and she's like, "Well, don't you think that gets you into trouble?" No, it actually works out pretty good most of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, you know,
0: we do need to take some time to sit back and reflect on our feelings before mm-hmm. we, you know, respond to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, I think that's a human trait that everybody can work on. You yes. know, just just not cancers, <laughs> right. because I know for. You know, for a while I was so quick to respond. And as I matured, I realized, you know what, I need to take some time and reflect on this to see how I really feel about it, how it makes me feel, and then figure out what my response is going to be. And the thing is, too, you can react or you can respond. Responding yes. is much better than reacting because mm-hmm. reacting is normally, you know, ah, this you, you said this to me and this is how it made me feel. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then we misinterpret things as human beings.
1: Definitely, especially when you were talking about the communication thing and we just had an example of it because you asked me the question, I think pretty much with the same words you asked the first time. And then I understood it, you know, completely different than when you did before. So definitely um, reflecting was better in that case than reacting. So
0: no, I actually reworded it the second time. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah Cause I was reworded. like that, it made perfect sense the second time. was like, so
0: yeah, I reworded it. Cause I realized, you know, and that's one thing I don't like about communicating like through messenger or through texting is because some, sometimes people don't get to, see your reaction, feel mm-hmm. your body language or hear the tone of your voice mm-hmm. and become insulted by things that you say. And yes. I've, I've learned, I got my, so I, I have an associates in business and the class I took on business communication was the best class I ever took mm-hmm. because it, it taught me, you know, how I needed to be careful with choosing my words, especially when you're writing it out. Yes. How like the word you can be very attacking to to people. Mm
1: -hmm. Even your punctuation that you use in the text messages can seem aggressive. Um, Right.
0: Yeah. Right. So it's just, you know, I mean, we're all emotional human beings, you know, our cancers more so. Yeah. But, you know, we need cancers in this world. (laughs) You make (laughs) the world a better place. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. I say it because my daughter's a cancer and she's a beautiful mm-hmm. person, you know, inside and out. She's just amazing. And anybody in my book would be lucky to have her as a friend mm-hmm. because cancers are so
1: loyal. Definitely loyal, yes. Caring and kind and, and like you said, willing to help anyone who needs it anywhere. Yeah. So, yes.
0: Yep. But not necessarily reciprocated for that.
1: Yeah. And the the unfortunate part about that is because we are so sensitive, we take it very personally. Um, When generally speaking, you know, the person isn't meaning to hurt our feelings or neglect us. They're just unable to give as much as we do emotionally, I think. And so that's something I work on pretty regularly is uh, attempting to not take offense to something somebody said, or um, not think, oh, no, they must not like me because she used a period in the this is a daily struggle.
0: <laughs> so, what do you have planned for your future?
1: So, I really want to. Um, so, if you, you've seen the website; it is not the greatest, and it is currently being updated. So, then I'm going to do this kind of big relaunch, especially I just moved to Albania. I've been here three weeks now. Uh, left oh. my government job, did the whole refresh, great resignation, or whatever they're calling this. Um, and so I'll have the up website up and running. I'm going to do a big relaunch and then I would, in the future, I plan on launching a course and it's going to be about tarot reading for uh, self-healing. So I'm going to incorporate all of these different, I know there's lots of courses you can take on tarot reading, but I think that's pretty niche. And then some different small aspects of Reiki and some numerology and astrology and things like that for self-healing and personal, uh, personal healing and growth. And so launch that. And then I really, really would like to get trained in um, Akashic Record healing and that kind of stuff as well. Cause I think that's the kind of one thing that I'm really interested in that I'm not currently doing. Gotcha. So why Albania? <laughs> so I answered this question a ton lately. Um, I There was a really cheap flight from where I was living in Germany <laughs> to here, true story. And so- Okay, just, just
0: hold on, hold on one second. <laughs> Here's Jada. Oh, there's a cheap plate from Germany Yolanda. Yeah, let's go.
1: I feel like we should go. <laughs> so um, I knew I had started um, realizing that I was gonna leave my job and I knew my, the business had started growing and I had so many so much clientele that I was turning people away because with my full-time job, I just didn't have time to do it. So I knew that I was gonna leave and that I wanted to live somewhere, continue to live in Europe, uh, so I did some research, you know, where it has good weather and good food and all that. And I first looked at Greece, but Greece was really, really expensive and Albania is right above Greece, right? So I took a trip, flew on my cheap flight over here and fell absolutely in love with it. The people, the culture, the it's beautiful. It's right on the water. It's Mediterranean, um, similar to Greece, but uh, cheaper. <laughs> so um, I came back and visited five or six more times on the, those lovely cheap flights. And then finally got up the nerve to say, hey, I'm leaving, quitting this job, and moved on over. Awesome. So do you plan on staying there? Or are you planning on going someplace else in the future? So I w- want to say at least a year. I'm trying to do the, the digital nomad thing that they're calling it, but I'm not particularly good at moving every three months or something like that. I need a little more stability. So I signed a year lease at my apartment, and then I figured I would just reassess after that. Um, I am in the process of applying for residency, which will last me five years in case I do decide to stay. I really, really like it here, but um, I also am one of these people who likes to experience other places by living there instead of just visiting. So I've kind of lived all over the world. And um, so my guess is I'll probably get antsy and wanna go again in about a year.
0: (laughs) So are there any modalities in Albania that interest you that you'd like to learn more about?
1: You know, I've been talking to a few Albanians and I, when I tell them what I do, they always say, oh, you should look into coffee reading. And so finally I asked, I said, what is this coffee reading that everybody's talking about? So apparently they get, they make this really thick brew of coffee. They put it in their little, you know, espresso cup, they drink it, and then they let the coffee kind of go down the sides of the cup and and it sticks to it. And then they can see things in whatever shape and images that the coffee leaves and apparently this is like a thousand several thousand year old practice here and so um and so the one guy said you ever see those ladies sitting out you know and they're just drinking coffee all day in the middle of the day that's what they're doing so i'm, I'm fascinated by it and I, I need to improve my albanian a little bit before i can go talk to them but i would love to learn about that so that it sounds
0: kind of like uh tea tea leaf
1: yes tvs mm-hmm Yeah, and I said that, I said, you know, I used to live in China and they do something similar with tea and the Albanians are funny because they, you know, will claim that they invented everything. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, but we were doing that first.
0: (laughs) Except with coffee and not tea.
1: They're right. (laughs) So yeah, they also claim they invented coffee though, which debatable. I don't know. Yeah. It's very, very old, the coffee uh, practice here, really, really old, but it is in other places too, so right, right. <laughs> but while I'm so here, I'll let them
0: have that. It's you know, well, well, you know, let them think what they want, right? You know, <laughs> and, and add that as part as as part of their culture. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they were the first ones to come up with the coffee reading. You know, maybe other countries where coffee beans grow. Um, there's a country because of the sea, I believe. That's like. Oh, my geography is horrible. I can see it on the map. Cambodia? Uh, Cambodia. No. um, South America. I think it's with a C, Columbia.
1: Columbia, yes. (laughs) Yes, that is where coffee was actually invented,
0: I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think you know, it was an invented, it was probably discovered because it's a bean and it grows in a tree. It grows in a bush or tree. I don't know. I'm not a coffee drinker. So (laughs) everybody around me is, but I'm not, I love the smell of coffee, but I cannot, I do not like the taste. I don't, I don't even like, I don't even like coffee candy.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm a tea drinker so we we could talk tea and the thing with the tea too is that the tea has medicinal purposes right not that coffee doesn't but it has to be done right but anyway anyway (laughs) so what would you like to leave our listeners with
1: so I guess the the thing is if you're if you've been considering Reiki and just really weren't sure about if it works or what to do I would say definitely do it it's it's Only beneficial. It cannot, actually, one of the Reiki founding principles is that it cannot cause harm. So even if everything is 100% great, it's still going to be beneficial to you. Um, And then also to kind of know that if you are interested in learning to become a a Reiki healer, definitely look into that. Um, uh, You know, I offer the online classes, or if there's somebody local, wherever you're living. It's really useful. The great thing about the Reiki training is that it is in three levels. So if you want to just go level one, where you're able to do healing on yourself, your pets, you know, your, your family, that's usually where most people stop and and you don't have to become this professional Reiki healer or anything like that. And so, um, I would highly suggest trying that as well.
0: Okay. Sounds great. So if they want to contact you and you do consultations. I do. Mm -hmm. So my uh,
1: so my website, don't mind it right now while it's under construction, but uh, my Facebook and Instagram are both at Healing Crab as well. And so um, I answer the Facebook messages and Instagram messages pretty quickly.
0: Great. Well, Jada, it's been great having you on the show. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to be here. And for all you out there, remember just to keep on shining your light. Enjoy the rest Thank of you your so
1: time. So Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Jada, for being here. Bye. Bye.